And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to a special Friday edition of The Audible. I'm Stuart Mandel, joined as always by Bruce Feldman. We just couldn't wait till next week, guys. There's too much going on in college football. Bruce, since the last time we did an episode on Monday, um, everything we know about the sport has changed. In fact, I can't believe it was only 48 hours ago. As of this recording, it was only 48, maybe 50 hours ago that the Houston Chronicle broke the story. I would say the story, the scoop of the decade that Oklahoma and Texas are attempting to join the SEC. And, you know, so as of this, things move fluidly. Hopefully they're not completely outdated by the time you listen to this. But as of this moment, Bruce, what do you expect to happen next week? So I'd expect that, you know, by Monday, that that Texas and OU would submit a, a letter announcing that the grant of rights is not going to extend beyond 2025, uh, freeing them up to be able to go to the SEC and bolt the Big 12. Um, and then, you know, look, there's going to be a lot of, I think there's going to be a lot of really messy litigation that's going to go on as attorneys dig into the grant of rights and figure out how quickly could they get out of that. I mean, I think that's what's going to, what's going to start. I mean, at least that's my read on it from talking to a bunch of people um ADs and people around the sport in the last really it's been a crazy last 48 hours and especially if you're in the big 12 I mean the the story that we did on the athletic um Friday you know one of the words that to me there was a heavy word in there was the word betrayal and that's what a lot of people in the big 12 right now feel about Texas and OU isn't it crazy how how this is just 2010 all over again I mean except that this time I think it is going to end with the Big 12 being dismantled. Um, just the, the, the secrecy, the backstabbing. And, and as we start to unwind, kind of look back now at some of the signs that maybe we should have seen coming. Um, I did think it was very weird that the playoff expansion was unveiled the way it was, where, hey, this is what we come up with. Greg Sankey was on that working group. So was Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12 commissioner. Can you imagine sitting in meetings with the guy whose league you know you're about to destroy uh, and not saying a word. Um, but n- now it makes sense to me why they tr- why he unveiled it when he did. He, he, he wanted to rush this thing through because uh, when they get Texas and Oklahoma, they want a big 12-team playoff field that they can stack the deck with. Um, I don't know that that part of it's going to come to fruition, but it does seem like this is this was a lot further along than anyone realized, including the commissioner of the Big Twelve. And I don't know that there's anything the Big Twelve. You know, last time they it got to the brink in 2010, and then Texas and Oklahoma ended up staying. Doesn't seem like that's a possibility here. 
No, and, and I think what's challenging for that, Stu, is you'd, you'd be in, you know, one of the ADs I talked to on Friday morning talked about, like, you know, trust is blown up, not just with ADs, but with presidents. And, you know, think about what you just said about, like, how many meetings where people bit their lip or didn't say anything or just kind of, like, whistled to themselves while they just kind of, you know, knew that these other members and partners were going to be um just basically cut out of the picture um it's just i don't know it's a cutthroat business move the way it the way it like feels at this point and quite honestly we have not heard much from the people you know like we've seen some statements from from ou in texas but really just kind of shoulder shrug statements so really interesting times um you know the how far does this go back you know i think there's a lot of speculation on that i'm sure at one point we will hear that you know maybe this maybe this started a year ago um where greg sankey from the sec and maybe some folks at espn started projecting the money that they thought they could make and they had some you know i'm sure they had models lined up to see how this would work um you know, from what I heard, Notre Dame was a possible projection in this as well. So, I mean, just taking a step out, and I know you are, you are always fascinated by realignment chatter because it, it goes on many levels. I mean, the, the drama here trumps all the stuff that we had from CFP talk and all the, you know, behind the scenes and secret meetings and all that stuff. And this is it like on steroids. These guys have gotten very shrewd. <laughs> They've gotten very good at doing things in secret, that's for sure. We didn't know that the playoff expansion meetings were as far along as they were. And certainly nobody knew, outside of a few people apparently, that, you know, you said this has gone back a long ways. I'm under the impression now, after 48 hours or so of reporting, that Texas approached the SEC as far back as 2019. Now that doesn't mean that they've been hashing it out every day since. And it may be, what we don't know is like if, if, and it was A&M, and we know it was you, A&M, blew this thing up on uh, at SEC Media Days. If they hadn't made it go public, you know, maybe they would have continued to slow play it because it is weird to be doing something now that is not, that th that grant of rights doesn't come up for another four years, right? So it's, you know, you would have thought they would have waited a couple more years to do something like this, and maybe they would have. Maybe they would have slow played it. But now that it's out there, you kind of have to make your move. And... Um, I think a lot of people, once, once the curtain gets peeled back, a lot of people are going to feel really lied to, really duped. Um, but it, it, but this is conference realignment, you know, there's just add this to the, add this to the annals, right. Of, uh, Carl Benson was moving his daughter into, he was the WAC commissioner at the time, was moving his daughter into college at USC when he got the call that, um, Boise state was leaving for the mountain West and a whole bunch of schools were going to follow, um, this this stuff, I mean, there's a story about John Marinato, the, the commissioner of the Big East who passed away recently. When he found out that Pitt and Syracuse were leaving, he fainted in the press box at a game. I mean, this is a ruthless business. It really is. But there's so much money on the line. And so I think what's going to be really exposed here soon is, I mean, I feel just feel so bad for Iowa State, Baylor, Texas, to all those leftover schools. Because one minute you're just minding your own business, you're part of the club. You're a Power Five school. You make, I think they make like $35, 36000000 million a year in revenue from the Big 12. 
And then the next thing you know, your two flagship brand schools defect, and they're gonna find out real quickly what those schools are worth without Texas and Oklahoma attached to them. And I think it's gonna be pretty humbling. I don't know that those schools on their own are viewed that differently by ESPN and Fox than a group of five school. I really don't. And that may sound, you know, insulting to Baylor, who just won the men's basketball national championship and has played in several BCS bowls. Oklahoma State has had a very high level football program. All those schools, with the exception of Kansas, have had their moments over the last decade. But that's not what this is about. Realignment is entirely about TV eyeballs and TV money. Texas and Oklahoma bring it. Those others don't. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Oh, and I think you're going to see sometimes where people will say, oh, these are, the, these are the ratings and this is what we did. But a Bedlam game, I don't think the network is going to look at Bedlam and say, okay, that's you know, Oklahoma State played in that. But I think they're going to look at games and say, okay, Oklahoma State versus Texas Tech, Baylor versus TCU, Iowa State versus Oklahoma State. How did those, what are the numbers on those where there's not one of the two blue blood programs from the Big 12 factoring into it? So I think the thing that's, you know, from my understanding, one of the challenges here is you have these others for lack of a better term you know you don't want to call them leftovers but like the other eight uh big 12 programs and then for the other you know top group of five programs they're going to look at it and say well don't take shots at us because because you're saying we don't we don't bring eyeballs when we're like a mid-level big 12 program i think the 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 challenge for them and the frustrating part for them is going to be it's not like that, that you're similar to those other leagues. It's that you don't, you're not similar to Texas and Oklahoma. And which is kind of a no dust statement, but in terms of like a ratings power, like 
if only Oklahoma was still there, I think there might be at least a chance for some of the TV money. But with both of them gone, like it's going to take a dramatic hit. Now, yeah, there'd be inventory of games, but this is a really, really, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's, as you said, it's a power move. And I think from, you know, the reporting we had at the athletic on Friday, from what I heard from the call, the big 12 call last night, which obviously Texas and OU weren't a part of, one of the discussion points was it's all on the table. Let's see if the Pac 12 wants to go to 20 and see if maybe there's a possibility there. Um, and I don't know what the Pac 12 gets if you add those other schools in there and how, you know, could they sell a deal to, to, to big networks? Yes. Could they, how much less are they going to be able to sell it for without those two big brands is another story. And I think then the question is, does it behoove the Pac 12 to become the Pac 20 and right. split their pie that much further? I don't, th- I don't think so. I think the, the, if there's one, um, main point that I would want to, that I'm trying to make, I made it on Twitter. I will continue to make it. You know, I started off the podcast saying how this feels so similar to 2010, 2011 in terms of the drama and the, it's literally the same schools involved, but it's actually also much different in terms of the whole business of college football on TV has changed. A lot of the, when you kept hearing in 2010, 2011, the word inventory, everybody wanted more inventory for the Big Ten network, for the SEC network, for what ended up becoming the Pac-12 network. That was before cord cutting. And so here we are 10 years later. Nobody is going to make a business decision based on, oh, this school brings us a number of cable households. It's, an, it's irrelevant. Everybody knows that model is crumbling and we're going to direct to consumer streaming, digital streaming. And so, you know, I think there's been a, re- a reflex on Twitter, at least, that, okay, well, gosh, you know, if they get those two, then the Big Ten's going to have to add two, and the ACC is going to have to add two, and the like everybody. We got to get to four sixteen-team conferences. That's always been the, um, for some reason, that's always been the model that everybody assumed this was heading toward. And I would just say I wouldn't assume that at all for the exact reason I just said about those eight schools. And I and I and it's not just those eight schools. Every conference has the three or four blue bloods that are propping up the others. It's just that the others have managed to, you know, the Big Ten has managed to. Um, create harmony for its entire history so that you're not always worried that Ohio State might cut and run. The Big 12 was never able to get Texas in particular to be fully bought in and committed. So the point is, I can't name two, maybe you can, I can't name two schools that would be realistically available. Like I don't think Notre Dame's available. Realistically available that if the Big 10 added those two schools, their conference would become, their teams would make more money per school than they would without them. They might actually make less money per school than they do now. Yeah, and I, I would probably agree with you. If you take Notre Dame out of the mix, then there really isn't, doesn't seem to be viable options from there. So I don't know. I mean, I mean every crazy scenario is being thrown out there. Yeah. You know, can't somebody reported, you know, and this is, there's so much I love about realignment and the crazy rumors is one of them. Some or the crazy quote unquote report. Somebody reported that Kansas is talking to the Big Ten. Well, anybody can talk to anybody, but the idea that the Big Ten, which in this new world, I think we're looking at a world where the SEC and Big Ten are kind of the two superpowers, um, 
that the Big Ten is going to take on the worst Power Five football program in America? Like one that's mired that, in that, scandal too. Yeah, that's not that's not happening. Um, that's just not not happening. Kansas, ba- and again, football drives the bus. Kansas basketball is a great historic program, and people tune in to watch it. Doesn't matter. This is about football. Um, now, if you're the ACC, they might be in a little bit of a different situation because they are stuck in a. And Lord knows why John Swafford did this, but in order to get the ACC network, the ESPN to do the ACC network, they agreed to lock in their TV rights to ESPN through like 2034, I want to say. And that the value of that deal is going to get more and more outdated with each passing year as the market resets itself. And the only way they can possibly get out of that and, and reset it is to add more schools. Because when you add more schools, it changes the contract enough that you know, you have to redo it. But when they added Pitt and Syracuse, or and certainly when Notre Dame came on as a partial member, yeah, they tore up the contract and ESPN threw more money at them every time. Would that necessarily be true this time if they said, hey, guess what, ESPN? Now we have West Virginia. I don't think so. I think ESPN would call their bluff on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of tentacles to this. I mean, I, I keep thinking about it, as you said. I mean what what intrigues fans and certainly what intrigues media and I know what intrigues you is those tentacles and how there's so many different perspectives on it and I don't know because there's so much speculation that goes into it there's like a fantasy sports aspect of this you know and I I think there's like because it's behind the scenes boardroom dealing because there's some level of cutthroat business and because there's you know, you're like some of the stories that I've heard um, about just the relationships of, of like, I come back to the word betrayal, like, man, there's some ugliness going on here. The one saving grace for the leftover big 12 teams is that, you know, and I, you know, right now they're talking about sticking together, um, staying the course, who knows if that'll actually be true, but the one saving grace is that if we are in fact going to get a 12-team playoff with automatic berths for the top six conferences, the whole Power Five, Group of Five distinction kind of becomes irrelevant. You know, if you win that conference, you're probably going to be one of the top six, and you're going to go to the playoff. And maybe that you know, maybe that means that the Iowa States and West Virginias actually get to go to this thing for once because Oklahoma's not in there anymore. Is the problem is the money. Um, you're, you, you've now become accustomed to a certain level of funding for your athletic program that's just not going to be realistic anymore without Texas and OU there to, to bring in those checks. And that's going to be a really tough thing if they have to navigate that. I keep, Which is why part of me at first thought when this first came out was like, this is a leverage play and they'll eventually know. And then you realize pretty quickly that this is much further along than that. So you don't see Baylor threatening to sue anybody this time. There have been some nasty politician tweets, but not too many. I think everybody realizes there's, there's, this is too far down the track. So, And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, question for you. And by the way, we haven't even mentioned, I'm looking at you, you're sitting in the lobby of a hotel in Indianapolis. We would have loved to do an emergency podcast earlier in the week, but the timing of this was that you were traveling to Indianapolis and you've been interviewing Big Ten coaches and players for the last two days. So this, and a lot of people got stuck in that predicament. I saw some Pete Thamel writing his SEC Oklahoma, Texas column from ACC Media Days. I saw Pat Forty write something from Tokyo about SEC <laughs> expansion. Um, when this was all happening the first time around, I actually was not a fan of it. I was the traditionalist in me was like, I don't, I don't want to see Texas A&M and Missouri in the SEC. I don't. I think I was okay with Nebraska to the Big Ten, but there were others where I, you know, I'm certainly to this day I'm still not on board with Rutgers, Maryland in the Big Ten. I'm kind of excited about an SEC with Texas and Oklahoma in it. How do you feel? Um, I haven't really honestly processed it at this point, you know, like the, the part that to me is most interesting is the, the maneuverings of Texas A&M, you know, this yeah. past week. And, you know, one of the ADs made a point to say to me, it was like, yeah, it looks like Texas A&M didn't really get, have much traction in being able to, to, to derail this, um, which certainly. Don't you, you kind know, of think that was all for show? They know they can't stop it. They were they, that was just to appease their constituents. I don't know. I'm 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 eager to read that story, and you know maybe <laughs> maybe our friend Sam Khan will have the the TikTok of that. Um, well, that's a good reminder for me to tell people that we have been covering the heck out of this story, and this is when I love the fact that we have such a great team of writers at the Athletic. Sam Kahn knows AM cold. Max Olson knows the Big 12. Jason Kersey covers Oklahoma. You know, Andy Staples has been doing stuff. I've been doing stuff. You've been doing stuff and so on. I'm, I'm Ari Wasserman with the recruiting angle. Go to theathletic.com slash the audible. If you are not a subscriber, this would be a really good time to become one. Get that promo code that we have, theathletic.com slash the audible. I mean, there's we've already written probably a dozen stories on this topic in the last two days. And there'll be many more to come in the in the days and weeks to come. Um, sorry, I think I cut you off when you were giving me your uh, kind of. You said you haven't really had t- thought about yet, like what what that would look like as a product. The the the, the even more uh, star studded SEC. Yeah, I just think it's you know obviously it'd be different to have Texas in there. Texas is such a big brand. Obviously, Oklahoma's had a lot of success on the field. Um, but I haven't really wrapped my mind around that yet because I, again, because when is this going to happen? Um, it just, I, I guess I, I, this hasn't really sunk into me yet. You know, it yeah. just, I'm not there. So probably cause you've been so busy actually like doing, you know, big 10 stuff. Whereas I've spent the last 48 hours thinking about nothing but this. Um, I think that. I think it could, I mean, there's, there's a lot of benefits to it. And the number one to me is everybody seems to realize that they're going to have to do away with divisions and, and go to you know pods. So the model you're seeing is four team pods 
where you would only have three teams that you play every year instead of six, and you would, and you would rotate through the others. And that, that way, you know, right now the SEC, you can go six years without seeing a team. You can go 12 years without a team visiting your stadium. I like the idea that you would, you would play teams uh, more often than you do now. Um, the other thing that, that makes me very curious, now like you said, if this really isn't going to happen, to, I, I'll, I believe that there's no way those two schools are going to stay lame ducks in the Big 12 for four more years, but as of now, that's what they're saying because they have to not get sued. So if that happened, this next point I'm going to make, I guess, is moot, but what do we all, you know, the, the big debate, right? Like, is the Big 12 about great offenses or is it because it's bad defenses? Oklahoma has certainly been exposed at times when they got to the college football playoff. Well, Oklahoma, here's your chance. You get to go play Alabama, LSU, etc., Texas A&M, and Lincoln Riley and his great offensive system and his great quarterbacks. Are they gonna Are they gonna get humbled? Or are they gonna do to those defenses what what uh, Mac Jones and Devontae Smith did to them last year? I don't know. What about those Iowa State Cyclones? Are they gonna? If they win a playoff game, does this change your, change everybody's mind about who matters and who doesn't? It would really behoove Iowa, poor Iowa State. It would really behoove them to have that kind of season this year. This is your chance. Win the Big Twelve, go to the playoff, beat somebody, and then tell me that you have to go on and be a mid major for the rest of your life. Like now, now who? Now maybe the Big Ten's calling you. By the way, you know how the Big Ten it's such a big deal that the schools have to be an AAU member academically. Mm -hmm. That's like us. It's looking it up. Iowa state's an AAU member. They, they qualify. Well, the Iowa state, Iowa rivalry is a special one. Let's ramp it all up. What do you think is more likely? Let me give you two scenarios. What do you think is more likely? The eight current big 12 teams stick together and add, let's say Cincinnati, UCF, a couple more like that, maybe Houston, and go on. It, you know, that's that's the next version of that conference. Or Mike Oresco from the AAC calls up Iowa State, Kansas, et cetera, and says, guys, your commissioner was asleep at the wheel. How could he have let this happen to you? Why would you want to stick with that conference? Come to us. Come join forces with us. We will be the unquestioned top non-power conference Oof. um i i have no idea i would i mean i would think it wouldn't be the latter just because you would have to take everything in the aac and that would be more watered down than i think the oklahoma states and the tcus would want to balance i, I just think it would be i mean you remember that, you know, TCU was in the Big East for a minute. I, they were in the Mountain West for, for a while. You know, I just don't know if they would want to. I, I, I don't know if they could necessarily swallow some of that to go look at the whole AAC. And it's not to say there's not really good teams in there, but there's some really not really good teams in there, too. And I think that would be a tough thing for them to sign off on. Well, I think they're going to have to, there's going to have to be some um, checked egos here going forward. Like I know that, like I said, life comes at you fast. On Monday, you know, TCU had no reason to think anything other than we are a power five school. We are 
we're, we could go out there this year and we're going to try to win the Big 12 Conference and go to the playoff. And then the next thing you know, we're talking about whether you should join forces with Tulane. It, life comes at you fast, but um, it's going to require some creativity because the whole sport is changing. And so when I said earlier, oh, I, I, I didn't like it the last time around, I think I like it this time. Part of that is just an acceptance that, I mean, we, are, we talked about this with the 12-team playoff and how that's going to completely change the sport that we know it. This will too. Throw in NIL. Throw in transfer uh, exception. Like, it's crazy. But in the year 2021, almost every part of this thing, of this sport that's been the way it's been for so long has been upended. And some people are going to say, oh, it sucks. Like, now it's just becoming the NFL light and the players are making money and it's all about business and eyeballs and killing rivalries and I don't like it anymore. And some people are going to be like, this is freaking awesome. Like you're telling me every get every week of the season, I can see, you know, it used to be that I got to watch Alabama play, uh, LSU, Auburn, et cetera. But I also had to watch them play Vanderbilt, you know, Kentucky, et cetera. Now you're telling me they're also going to play Texas and Oklahoma. This is amazing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I just feel like there's a lot of, a lot of stuff we still don't know how it's going to play out. And I think we're going to wait and see mode for the next couple of days. I mean, next couple of days, this it's going to take a long time for this to all, you know, it could be weeks, it could be months for this, to, for all the dominoes to fall. But yes, the immediate news that we're going to be watching next week is for the, the, the formal, uh, the formal things to happen where the big tw- the teams, Oklahoma, Texas formally announced, not that they're leaving the big 12, right? Not that they're, we're withdrawing from the big 12. It's that we're not extending our rights past 2025. Nobody can sue them for that. Then they have to formally reach out to the SEC and make us believe that they haven't had those conversations already. And then the SEC can formally invite them. And the SEC will probably say we're inviting them for 2025. And then the lawyers get involved and start negotiating some sort of early exit fee. But as it is, like if the, you know, if the, the Big 12 can say we're holding you to it, and I th- I've seen them set number 70 million thrown around. I think it could be more than that. Um it's a grant of rights. They hold their rights till 2025. They have to get them to agree to let them out early, and I don't know if they will. Right, Stu. I got to run. <laughs> yeah, he's, Bruce is literally about to run to the – he's like – as we, I'm watching him like go call the Uber as we speak. So I'm glad we were able to squeeze this in before your flight home. By the way, next week, Bruce and I will be in person for the first time in I don't know how long uh, at Pac-12 Media Days, which suddenly take on a whole different uh, – a uh, lot different questions to be asked at Pac-12 Media Days than I would have expected a week ago. But um, and I look forward to asking Nick Rolovich some of those calls on his Zoom, by the way. All right, we'll see you guys next week.